All right. <laughs> Welcome to the Mullet Over podcast with Dr. Richard Mall. We have a special guest today and excited to have Joy Hosford. Did I say your last name right? Yes, you did. Perfect. And I, I do want to hear from our audience. How many of you prefer to have Andrew on the set? Okay. <laughs> he is always in production. He's here and he may have actually jump in because he may have some questions, but um, I, I feel like he really adds something to the whole thing. So I, I want to see the voting just skyrocket and, and uh, <laughs> if I'm kicked off um, because he gets so many votes, then, then so be it. But um, yeah, he is phenomenal minister, speaker, communicator, anointed at personal ministry and always uh, I, just, I love the different generational perspective too. And uh, so today, part of what we're jumping in, it's going to be Halloween when this one launches. And I was like, God, I want to, I, I really want a, a, a powerful perspective, a God perspective on this. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's, it's something that is debated and, and, and there's, I've seen strong reactions that, that are divisive, and and man, the Lord, the last thing I want to see is more division. Right. But at the same time, people say tongues is divisive. The Bible doesn't say tongues is divisive, and um, the fact that it is, I think, is partly because that's a scheme of the enemy to 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 squelch something that's important. Yeah. And and so some of the same, I think, um, is true. One of the reasons I was thinking it would be cool to have Andrew on. Maybe I'll jump in at some point. But it's all the creative ways our kids, because we were like, there were times that we hid in the back, not hid necessarily, but we'd have worship, no lights on in the front. <laughs> and we'd be praying, you know, and there are other nights that they did a, they did a, they decorated for Christmas. And when people came up, gave out normal Christmassy kind of stuff and, and we're like, Merry Christmas <laughs> and uh, made it about Christ. Cause that's about any day of the year. There was some really creative and we gave away Jesus videos and we kind of been, we became known in our neighborhood for stuff like that. And, uh, oh, awesome. we've done every different kind of thing, done different kind of outreaches. And, you know, we've been to the fall festivals that churches <laughs> do, but. Why is this important to you? Hmm. Well, because I think it's important to the Lord. Yeah. He's so clear in scripture that we're not to even touch, you know, driving here, I was thinking about how we teach our kids not to touch a hot stove. Yeah. And if they disobey and do it, they're going to get burned. Yeah. And we're not doing that to be mean, to take away something fun. It's Mm -hmm. not fun to get burned. Anybody been burned? You know, it's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that's literally what you're doing when you cross that line and you touch pagan things and you touch occult things and you play around with witchcraft and you think it's fun to play that those games and get involved in it. You're literally burning your soul yeah. every time. So one of the reactions a lot of people have is, well, that's just religion. That's like like legalism. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> is that where it comes from for you? Is it? Is it like? No, not at all. And of course, it comes from pers- you know a personal um, testimony of ha- of the occult and yeah. knowing what they can do, but also something that actually just the Lord brought to me today. I'm also have become very um, a big proponent of the biblical feasts. Yeah. And not that they have to be like followed in some regimented way. Well, again, people jump all over that as being something religious. And you know, my answer to that is, why are you getting upset about a party? 
Yeah. That's what God's wanting you to do, yeah. is to get together with your family and your friends and have a party. Why are we getting all well, it's upset Old Testament. about that? Because it's Old Testament, except it says clearly in Scripture, these are my feasts. These are my are my feasts, not the Jewish people feasts, the, yeah. not for the nation of feast Israel. Of the Lord. Of my Jesus. feasts yeah. for all time, like always, always. That's what stopped always. me in my track. I was actually in seminary. Over and over. And, and I had read the Bible through a bunch of times. And, and, you know, we're studying whether it, I don't know, cause I, I had seven years of theological training before I went for PhD, but you know, it's like, and, and studied and studied, created the God Speaks Bible. So I've read the Bible, but I remember it was in seminary that I'm, uh, was it seminary or Bible college? Actually, it was Bible college. Again, I'd already been through the Bible numerous times. And all of a sudden I hit this word everlasting, eternal. Um, and I was We're like, actually going to celebrate them in heaven. Yeah. I was like, well, what does this mean? I went to a, the, my, my Old Testament professor. This is at a mainline evangelical school. I had never seen anybody practice feasts ever in my life. If I had even had a hint of it, it wasn't enough to grab my attention. I had no <laughs> recollection of it. And I'm reading about these and I was like, the words had always been there in the Bible, but they meant nothing. They were like, like, Ancient words, like right. ancient history, zero relevance. So I just kind of gloss over it, like so and so begot so and so begot right. so and so. I mean, it just it had zero meaning to me. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at these are to be celebrated perpetually. And I look up the word in Hebrew, and I'm like, so I asked my professor who <laughs> who had studied at a Hebrew seminary and um, ha- had his PhD and, and, and phenomenal professor, uh, Brian Byers, um, you know, professor of Old Testament, just phenomenal guy. And he was just like, it means forever and ever. I was like, mm-hmm. so why did we stop? And I honestly can't remember his answer, mm-hmm. but um, I, I wish I could. I wish my, I had his vantage point on this. I might call him sometime. But, but it, you know, typically evangelical response, not saying that this was his, is, well, that's Old Testament, this was for the Jews, da-da-da-da, which, man, if you studied on your own, they did it, in the it, New it Testament does too. say that it's for them, but it says that it's his, and it's mm-hmm. for all time, and it's for, you know, it's going to be celebrated in the millennial, right. when Christ comes back, by all nations, everybody from all nations, and I'm like going, I would, I would not have known what to do. As a matter of fact, and this is really kind of taking a turn from yeah, what we right. thought That's what we I were going to talk take about. Where you want to go? So, but in um, the Feast of Sukkot, which is coming up, it's the um, Feast of Tabernacles. They sacrifice one animal for every nation. Mm. So it and when I was reading about it, whoever I wish I remembered who had said this, but if the surrounding nations who all hate Israel so much would understand what they're doing for them when they pray, they're actually praying and sacrificing on behalf of every nation mm-hmm. during the Feast of Tabernacles. Wow. And obviously they don't do sacrifices anymore at this you know, time. Yeah. There's no sacrifices. But um, And Jesus is – and the reason he that says, ended yeah. is because of the New Testament right. and because Jesus is the ultimate right. sacrifice. And But it's all – it all points to him. And so that's the purpose of still doing them. And the reason I bring it up with Halloween is the enemy doesn't create things. He just – Perverts what God perverts God's design, and so if you look at all these pagan holidays, and I hate calling them holidays, so I actually call Halloween an unholy day. (laughs) Um, they all are kind of at the time frame of these biblical feasts. 
So this high unholy satanic day is right in the middle of the high of God's high fall feasts, which are supposed to point to the second coming of Christ to the marriage feast of the lamb. It's all a biblical picture of, of a wedding of an ancient Hebrew wedding. And it's beautiful. And so I encourage everybody to study it. And once you've studied it, you'll be like, you know, it's as a parent who has grown children, we love to get our children together. We love to have family mm. reunions and gatherings, and that's great. That's what God's doing. It's his appointed days. It's when he's calling a family meeting. Let's get yeah. together and celebrate. It's interesting because like, we grew up celebrating Christmas and Easter and all these things, and we know how to do that. And it's so natural, and, and we look forward to them mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways, although there's a lot of people have a lot of traumatic memories tied to those kind of things, but they're familiar. We don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. We've read our Bibles our whole lives, and for I'm just ta- let's let me just talk about me. I was in seminary, master's degree, been in church every time the doors were open since I was born, before I was born, and I had no idea what anything did anybody did at any of the feasts. I remember. The first time I I led one, I had been a part of one. I was like, okay, that was interesting. That was a little different. Um, Well, actually, the first one was meaningful because it was the Feast of Tabernacles, and that was when I found it in the Word. But the first time I sat through a Seder, you know, and it was led by a Messianic believer, and it was just like, for some reason, I hadn't studied it on my own, and I didn't fully get it. And then I remember the first time leading it. Oh, man, I felt like I was putting on two left shoes. Like, it doesn't fit. But I felt the favor of God. I felt the anointing. I felt the presence of God, which was different because a lot of times, sometimes like I can bring the word and I feel anointing, but this was different. Like I'm going, I feel so uncomfortable. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm doing a bad job of it, but the anointing is as strong or stronger than when Mm -hmm. I know what I'm talking about. And, and, and hearing the father's voice going, thank you for doing this. And I was like, but I did such a bad job. But I hear his voice say, thank you for doing this. That's part of what's kept me going in it, you know? And uh, and I am imperfect. I am not a legalist, first of all. And, right. and I am not, like, just good at following all the rules, keeping schedules and stuff like that. I have a team around me to help me with all that. And stop laughing, Andrew, <laughs> off the set. And um, but, but, I, but I am often the one that's going, when are, when are the feasts? And let me remind everybody, because the Lord wakes me up and tells me, dude, it's sneaking up on you again. I'm like, oh, shoot, you know, and uh, why can't I do a better job of that? But man, some of the most powerful meetings we've ever had here were were some of the festival celebrations and and uh, just the presence and the anointing of God. So I bring it up because one, I just put it on Facebook the same people who, uh, some of the same Christians who argue to celebrate Halloween will argue against celebrating the biblical feasts. Something spiritual possibly behind that. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I, I and, think we could offend people by saying that, but but it. I often see those kind of things. Some of the things that people react to the strongest I end up scratching my head. I'm like, why when we teach on this mm-hmm. subject or we hit this topic? Harry Potter. It's a question. Oh I my ask. gosh. If I ever bring up Harry Potter, 
speaking and, 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 and I only would just typically bring it up because we've cast demons out of people that that's how they got in. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on a crusade against Harry Potter or anything, thing like that. I'm just sharing real life experiences that right. have, I, we've repeated because we're doing the work. You experienced it. We, people that don't cast out demons won't see this kind of thing. Right. If you've never done that, if it's not part of what you do, when you do it, or when you've come out of the occult, the people that are the most outspoken about things like Halloween or the occult are people that were witches, were involved in satanic stuff, or they had stuff done to them, and that was part right. of their background. Right. Because it, it the one of the, one of the questions is that you had for us before we started was, do we have to keep this PG? Because that makes a difference. <laughs> yeah. And I and and when I wrote Restoring Joy, I was like. Like, how do we write an X-rated horror movie and make it readable? Because everybody we deal with that's come out of the occult, satanic stuff, it, that's what it is. It, it, it is not just a belief system where they're writing stuff on a chalkboard, Satan is more powerful than God. Hmm. <sighs> that, that, that is like it, what they do to kids yeah actually i was it's um, unbelievable i was explaining that recently to someone and you know it's there's different cults out there just like there's different and they do different they all do different things a little bit different some will only do animal sacrifices some will include human sacrifice they all do different things but at the end of the day they're worshiping satan even if they don't know they're worshiping satan you know yeah. wick which is um my niece Got into Wiccan. She's a Wiccan mm. um, through Harry Potter. Yeah. Because she wanted that power when yep. she read the book. So yep. I get that. And um, we've seen in Deliverance demons come out of people screaming who've practiced Reiki, yoga, stuff that everybody thinks is innocent, just exercise. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know, they people don't realize. And when you've done that, when you, when you cast out demons once, you're kind of like, hmm, that's weird. And when you've mm -hmm. done it several times and you're dealing with the same stuff again and again and again, you you feel wrong to stay silent. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what people think about you. Doesn't matter what they think about what you're saying and if they call it religious or whatever. You're going, I'd love to save you from what this person went through. I'd love to save people from what you went through. Mm -hmm. um, so that's... <clears throat> When I shared my testimony for the first time was on Halloween, uh, probably seven years ago now. Wow. And we did it because Halloween had become this day I couldn't stand. I, I just didn't even want to wake up in the morning because I, there was so much oppression mm. on a lot of attack. And I wanted to redeem it in that way for myself. I did allow so my children to participate yeah. in it when they were young because I didn't, I had not really remembered everything that had happened to me. So I didn't, I did, I was one of those Christians that didn't see a yeah. problem with it. One that thought, well, we're redeeming it. We're making it better. And that's really not when it's something that the enemy has done. You really can't redeem it. It never, Halloween as a holiday never belonged to God. So as you can't day, redeem it. The day, the day belongs the to the Lord. Yeah. Absolutely. But the, Wow. The celebration, the um, gotta come up with another word than holiday. The <laughs> yeah. I guess unholy day is a, is a great way to say it. 
um, never was never God's. God did never sanctioned that. And when I was explaining, when I gave that testimony, there were people who, many people who have from that day forward have never celebrated Halloween again, have never participated in it again. Mm-hmm. One particular person who's going to have me speak to the youth group that she and her husband lead now, she came back to the Lord from that night. Wow. Um, became a big part of our ministry, wow. casting out demons, like walking out of a very um, dark history of drug abuse and being trafficked and different things herself. Um, she, her, her, she's part of a circus family. So there's a whole lot of oh stuff involved gosh, there. She'd be a great like... interview. Um, yeah. And so she, it's, it's like a, imprint on her that day like a time stamp in her life as a christian and um hearing those those backgrounds and even just somebody who just posted the other day um, shared a post about halloween and why not to do practice it as a christian and shared i don't understand why people do and then said i heard a friend's testimony and she was referring to me um and when i see that that's when i realize i have to keep doing this even if you know sometimes there's a lot of pushback Mm -hmm. um not necessarily from people but in the spirit realm, a lot of pushback, yeah. Yeah. a lot of fear, um, even afterwards. Yeah. So should we as Christians be afraid of that night? No. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Yeah. And we have power. We have the power and authority given to us by, by the Lord. Um, I just, there was somebody who was telling me the other day, oh, that scares me. Like de- someone being possessed by a demon. That's scary. And I said, once you cast out a demon, it's not scary anymore because now you realize you have the power and the authority to tell that demon to get out. Yeah. Makes it no longer scary. We, we had an all gray cat, gorgeous cat, Mancoon, that disappeared. I think it was Halloween Eve mm-hmm. night. So it was the night before Halloween. Is that right? And that was the exact night that it disappeared. <clears throat> and we kept thinking, it's going to come home. It's going to come home. And we tried to find out, you know, stuff and it ran through our mind and we we had called um either a local um vet or something like that because we were trying to find out you know as this information turned in there like like some of the shelters will not let cats out in the month of october and uh, and i was like so the vets and the shelters go we don't release cats in the month of october and i was like Okay, it's one thing to hear those stories, and it's another we've we've dealt with people that are coming out of that world and they've yeah. sacrificed animals. Yeah, and then you're going, it's big enough that at least animal hospitals, but they or, don't talk about yeah. it outside of that, isn't that? Yeah, I've heard that too, and they yeah. don't talk about it outside of that. And we like, never found our cat again, and hate to I'm think that that's what it could have been used for. But here we are, a healing and deliverance ministry, and and they look for ways to target and mm-hmm. and and uh so you know it, that using something from ours for a ritual could be one of the ways now honestly i I say that and it sounds like big and hairy and scary but we know that greater is he that is in us and i i you know i hate to think of anything happening to one of our animals but that is not what christ does it's not what christians would do it's not something that we would think about although there's many people in the church wasn't part of your yeah so satanic stuff right in a religious environment i was that's not unusual yeah i was in foster care 
from two to four and mm-hmm. the foster parents were um, Dunkards, which is kind of like Amish or mm-hmm. Men- or very um, conservative Mennonite. They're, it's similar. and um, But they were actually part of a satanic cult. And um, I can't say that I know that certain rituals happened to me on Halloween. I was too young. I don't know what. The only one I know for sure happened on a day was one that was on my birthday. That's the only one I know for sure. And that's the only um, day that is considered on the satanic calendar higher than Halloween is one's birthday because they worship themselves. Mm. Wow. That's what Satan wants us to do. It's scriptural. It says that men will worship their minds. In the last days, we'll be worshipers of our mind. And, um, you know, Anton LaVey, who wrote the Satanic Bible, he said, um, or I guess he wrote it, or he gets a lot of credit for a lot of things that I'm sure have yeah. been around a long time. Yeah. I haven't read uh, his Bible. But no, me neither. <laughs> I just remember a kid in high school walking a around black, with it who was black like. Bible or whatever. And, but he, there's a quote from him saying that he's so glad that Christians let their children um, worship Satan one day out of the year talking about Halloween. Mm-hmm. I mean, so even the Satanists are like, yeah, this is our day and you're letting them do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, like, so there was something I, that you said that reminded me of why do people, I, someone had asked me, well, why do they do this? Why do Satanists do all these rituals and abuse children? What's the purpose? You know? And I, I thought about, it and I was like, well, you know, like, People who are abused, like their parents abuse them, maybe their parents are alcoholics or whatever, they they don't have self-control, they can't control their anger, they get frustrated whether and they either verbally or, you know, physically abuse their children or it's all they knew. Um, and probably honestly come back later and are like so genuinely remorseful about mm-hmm. what they've done, but they don't know how to change. And it's I'm not sugarcoating that or making that okay. But that's one – that's what a lot of people think of when they think of abuse. But with ritual abuse, it's done purposefully. It's done for a purpose. They're, it's not done because you've lost control. It's done because they want to get power from you. They they believe that they can – They're well, their first goal is to damage your soul. Mm-hmm. And they know it will damage your soul. And that will put demons – that will cause demons to attach to What are you. some of the reasons that people don't remember those things? Because their soul's frozen like a pea in that moment. Like if you think of a bag of peas and they're all separate frozen and like they aren't sticking together, you know? So it's like that part from that memory is frozen in that Describe time frame. That more. So. Was that part of your personal experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, people call it parts, soul parts, soul fragments, altars. DID, there's a lot of, and there's a wide range of that. Yeah. Um, it's dissociation. It's a, it's a mechanism of survival, yes, but it is also demonic because, well, I think God gives it for a child to survive when it lasts until through adulthood. Now you're being triggered. Now things are, you're being held in that pain and you can't let it, you can't get it out because you don't, there's no way to heal something you don't recognize exists often it starts before you have language mm-hmm. there's no way to even describe what took place right there aren't words for it and and so even as it begins to be touched to be healed um 
and, and you connect with those broken parts that have been traumatized, they may not have language for mm-hmm. what took place because that, that part of them doesn't have a vocabulary for that. Yes. A lot of times it is unimaginable what happens and what is done. Um, it's, it's undescribable. Um, you're being intentional not to talk too much, too deep. I am as well. But at the same time, we said we don't have to be PG. So, um, so, you know, well, like I said, they do these things to get, because their belief and what, I'm not a spiritual scientist. So (laughs) I don't know if what I I can't, I don't want to build a theology off of what Satanists believe, but I can tell you what they believe is happening. Yeah. And they believe that as that you they can attach more demons to each part. So like if you're all one soul if your soul isn't fragmented, there's only so many demons. So they feel like they're packing you full of as much as they can. And as they abuse you, they get power, but then if they abuse you after they've done that, they get more power because there's more demons they can like get off. Yeah. And I think the best example that God recently gave me kind of a download of um, you ever see the movie Monsters, Inc.? Yeah. Perfect example. So you have this monster world, and they need power to power their world. And how do they get it? Fear. Fear. Creating fear in children and capturing that scream from the children, and that provides power for their world. Mm-hmm. And now in the end, it's good that they discover that laughter is better. Um but isn't it just like Disney kind of hide or Pixar yeah. hide yeah. some sort of thing like that in there? But it's a good example because that's what the now you're picking on Disney and Pixar. <laughs> I know even more more haters to come. Uh, right? <laughs> it was it's weird for me because I was like just a Baptist youth pastor without hardly any beliefs about anything like that, and we start having stuff manifest in our own house. And my son was seeing stuff. My wife was seeing stuff. While I'm doing my first extended fast, I was like, this is so inconvenient. Why are you guys seeing stuff when I'm fasting? <laughs> okay. And, and, uh, and, uh, like I'm, I'm sitting there on, uh, it was on Andrew's bed telling him there's no monsters in your room. He goes, dad, he's right over there and he's wide awake and he's not imaginative. I mean, he's, Every kid's got a match, but no, I've never seen anything like this. He's pointing, looking, and telling me he's right there. Sorry. And in that moment, I'm going, there is something in this room. Mm-hmm. And my MDiv is not going to get it out of here. And my undergraduate Bible college degree is not going to get it out of here. Now, it's weird because we have theology, and if we really believed what we know, no one ever taught me walking in dominion. Mm-hmm. I had enough theology to be able to walk in dominion, but I didn't know how to assess. It's like having tools that you've never used before. Right. And so I'm sitting there going, the only scripture that comes to my mind, and it may have been the, the devil giving me hit scripture. It was the seven sons of Sceva. When they tried <laughs> to cast out demons and running out of house with great- clothes on. And I'm like, it's two that was very in the morning. Encouraging. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I want to try this right now. And, and I'm like, but I want my kid to be free. I don't want them to be tormented. If there's something mm-hmm. in the room, I want it gone. And I'm a pastor. And I should be able to get it out of here. And and I don't, can only think of that verse. And I'm like, 
I, man, I, that demon would beat me up. Why? Because I knew there was sin in my life. I thought I've got to be holier than I am now to be able to cast demons out. And I, like, there's some words, you know, magic, not really. I didn't believe in magic. But, like, I, I don't know the right words to say. I don't know the right thing to do. So I just sat there with my son. Because I had told him, there's no such thing as monsters. There's no da-da-da-da. And that was not that was not changing his mind whatsoever. And my wife, too. I was telling her about a vision I had had. I'm brand new to visions. Like, God was showing up in my life. That's why I'm fasting. I want more. And my wife's um, seeing something in our closet. And my wife, again, never seen anything before. And and it wasn't till some years later that we, we were talking about it. And they described what they saw. And it was the same thing. And I'm going, oh, come on. And, but but I was like, that's what motivated me to begin my journey. Not so I could cast out Dan. I didn't want to have a deliverance ministry or healing ministry. I wanted to figure out how to get rid of the stuff in my house. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's – so John George is who I am in his yeah. ministry and at his church, and that's exactly his story. But not quite like that, but he wasn't looking for de- – his story is, I wasn't looking for demons, believe me. He said, I was I was wrestling with the idea of whether God wanted everyone healed or not. And he said, I didn't believe he did. I was thinking that wasn't his will, like, because not everybody was getting healed. And then he be, he started to believe that, okay, God does want everybody to be healed. So he started praying for people. And as he prayed for people, you know, he's praying for their anxiety to go and they're twitching, you know, or something. And he's like, okay. And it just started happening. And he's like, all right, well, keep, you know, come out of them. And on the show. Yeah. You know, like we mostly have played like phone tag. I think we probably had an ex- one extended conversation. There's times that I've reached out and like, like hasn't responded. I'd love to have him on the show. I'd love to hear more of his story. I, I've seen some of his, mm-hmm. um, you know, Facebook stuff, mm-hmm. and and off, off. I felt well, there's not a ton of us that that do a lot of this, and and right. uh, I know for myself, one of the things you know, you're progressive in your revelation and your understanding. Mm-hmm. So when you first start casting out demons, it's like you could begin to see everything's a demon, and then you're like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like it you grow up you mature and and um i the lord says i i i'm not calling people he was speaking to me he's like i'm not calling you to deliverance ministry i'm calling you to make disciples mm-hmm. and part of being a disciple is knowing how to set captives free so you got to learn that and then you got to equip others that's not all of discipleship but it was in a, jesus sent 12 teenagers out to do that kind of stuff Right. So this was supposed to be normal. Right. Not, you know, it's interesting. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's every believer. I was just thinking when you were saying about your kids, one of the biggest problems within um, the church today is how many people grew up. You'll hear so many people who had gifts as a child and grew up feeling that there was something wrong with them, that they must be crazy because they were having visions or whatever. And really they were, they didn't have anyone to explain to them what was happening yeah, and, or how, how much better would our children be if we'd known about deli- and we're delivering them as they grew up learned, as they learned about. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and didn't tell them, Oh, this doesn't or telling them, you know, monsters don't exist. Well, obviously that demon existed. There was something. It was there. Yep. 
and and to tell them it wasn't there, that wasn't, you know, it's not going to help, but we've all done it. No. <laughs> so. So you told your testimony on Halloween seven years ago, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I know you'd reached out to me because you're feeling compelled to tell your story more. Right. No. And even though we had had you on here, I was like, like, okay, (laughs) let's, let's do it closer to Halloween. (laughs) And, uh, and, and sadly, there are people that really react Mm -hmm. and will be like, this is just religion. You know, we, we have freedom. And honestly, we do have a lot of freedom, but I've cast demons out of people that were exercising freedom. Mm -hmm. And, and so there is a, there's also a place for information for warning and occult stuff is in scripture. It's zero toleration, zero toleration. If you look at the word of God, I mean, thankfully we are in the new Testament because if you were in the camp of Israel and you were found doing the things that people do on Halloween, you would be killed. (laughs) (laughs) That's just like, like, so thankfully we're not in that. Yeah. Yeah. But Take us, we do need, I think the church needs more fear of God. And I don't mean fear like what we were just talking about, but the reverence for yeah. um, understanding he is a jealous God. And that's not jealous like we think of it. It's he wants your whole heart. Yeah. And it breaks his heart when he doesn't have it. Yeah. I like to argue from the whole counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation. But when I was studying the occult, because I know the way some people think that. Well, that's Old Testament. No. Through the New Testament, it, it is zero toleration. And and the apostles, like, demonstrated the power of God against people involved in sorcery. Elymas right. was struck with blindness, um, threatened um, S- Simon. Um, that Yeah, pretty serious threat to Simon because he wanted to pay the woman with divination. It, it, is, it was never... Black and white. They, they mm-hmm. there was no mixture, and no. and and it was that. There's warnings. It, here's one of the weird things. When you look at some of those warnings, where witchcraft is sorcery is included, it'll include stuff like gossip in that same list, mm-hmm. and stuff like um, gluttony. And I'm like, holy cow! Like, I, like there's the bad stuff, murder and envy. And then, and then they're, oh, that's just, you know, a little gossip, you know, whispering. Oh, I've said if we in the American church would treat gossip like we treat homosexuality or transgenderism, we might actually rid ourselves of gossip. <laughs> we got applause from the <laughs> audience. <laughs> now I'm really going to have some haters. <laughs> yep, yep. It needs to be, there needs to be no tolerance. You know, Joyce Myers. In her ministry, if you're caught three times, um, or no, it's more than once. If you're caught in a situation more than once where gossip was going on, whether you started it or not, you're done. You're out. Wow. No toleration. No. And she's not going to figure out who was at fault. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and and you know, and and boy, is this going to get that religious? We're going to put this religious thing I, I on this one. Being honest, myself, I'm like when I when I really delve into almost any of the sins, I'm like, oh, I've done that. 
you know, I've done that, you know, and, and I've never murdered anybody, but I've had thoughts of like, I re- man, I remember specifically as a kid, I was like, I was like, I was a junior hire and I did not like them people. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I used to remember like, if I could pick who was left on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess Jesus, oh yeah, and according to Jesus, that's. Yep. Murder in your heart. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and, uh, the ones that I'm not. I can't think of when I have done them. I'm probably have, have done them in my heart at the, at the least, you know, and, um, but God's grace is amazing. And, but, but we don't take serious enough walking in holiness and righteousness. Well, it, what was it? This, all the things that he abhors in the last one is, that he detests is sowing discord among the brethren. And isn't mm. that like what we're seeing all over today is yeah. the discord? Yeah. And yeah, the that is something that's been a theme lately. I mean, it's always God's heart, but yeah. he's really pinpointing it is yeah. the righteousness yeah. of um walking in righteousness, but like it's not our righteousness because yeah. our righteousness is his filthy rags, we can't yeah. do it. It's his spirit. Yeah. In us. Amen. That does it. Amen. Amen. So, so, well, what sh- what in your mind should a Christian do um, October thirty first? There's a lot of different things you can do. I loved the list of things that you shared at the beginning that your family would do. Um, I had a friend that it's not something I personally would do because mm-hmm. I like to really separate myself completely from a lot of the practices of um, Halloween, but she set up a table and they would pass out candy and just get to know their neighbors and love on their neighbors. Um, and, and I believe they, there was something more to that. Like, I don't know if they prayed for people or what they did, but there was some more to it. Um, and then, but there's like in Sarasota, there's an outreach where they go out. Um, someone makes candy baskets and they go out and they deliver these candy baskets to people. Um, a lot of it's to the women in the brothels. Mm. They do candy baskets at Halloween and they do um, roses at Valentine's Day. It's really a wow. beautiful ministry. Wow. Um, and they have developed in, in doing this, they've developed relationships with the, um, the men who are running these brothels. Wow. And they allow them in and trust them to wow. come in. Yeah. And one in particular, and I don't know. All I know is from in the early stages, so I don't know if he stood his ground on this, but he got to a point where he said, I thought I was helping these women to have work, and I realized as you've been ministering to them that I was actually harming them, mm-hmm. and I went out. Wow. And he was getting out, but it was very difficult because all the other... I, I had a friend years ago who ran some of the clubs in Tampa who got saved at a Promise Keepers event and was like, I got to stop. Yeah, now, with, with him, I don't know what level of realization. He just knew that what he was doing was wrong, mm-hmm. and he needed to change. And and he, I actually write about him in, in my book, and he gave me permission. Ed Bunting. I don't even know where he is. He's been all over the world, but but he became known as Spaghetti Eddie, and, and he moved mm-hmm. into a little airstream, a tiny airstream. And this was a, he was a mountain of a man, like big dude. And, and the guys that he was taking in, one homeless guy at a time and helping him – 
like get on their feet, get a job and, wow. and, you know, pray over them and stuff like that. And, uh, cause he was like, what would Jesus do? I don't want to do what I did. I want to do something different. And, you know, had a great job, great career, nice car, all the stuff. Walked away from all of it to follow Jesus with no regret. I mean, he just had the joy, infectious joy. I loved Eddie and uh, miss him. I hope I'll have to tag him on this one since I'm telling on him. And uh, he's in the Jesus training manual book mm-hmm. I wrote where I, one of the chapters is some of the unsung heroes are were the most hidden. Because I came out of one of the mm-hmm. biggest, fastest growing churches and the Lord took me into these little inner city ministries mm-hmm. that were and he said, keep your mouth shut. Don't tell him you can play guitar. Don't tell him you can speak and just observe. And I'm like, I'm learning to hear God's voice. I'm obeying him. And I'm watching stuff. Like, I'm like, this building is dilapidated. It's dirty. But they come in at six in the morning and pray till mm-hmm. noon every day. There's deliverance going on. They, they bought that crack house and they're doing deliverance on girls coming out of the strip clubs and dance hall. And it was a lady, um, Nelia Frazier, who I, I nicknamed her in my book, the, um, the debutante because she looked like Memphis money and came from Memphis money. But here she is living in a old crack house infested with roaches. Doing deliverance, wow. staying up all night with, with girls and spaghetti Eddie in the airstream behind the church. And, uh, and I, it was just like, and the Lord was like, is what you were a part of more important in this city than, than, than what you're seeing here? And I was like, oh, very humbling, you know, and, and, and the Lord was trying, he said, there's a lot I have to unlearn you. That's exactly the way the Lord said it. And I was like, why are you using poor grammar? And it was part of the Lord saying, like, does that matter more to you? Like, like, you know what I'm telling you? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is not about form and function and, and all that. It, it, you know, his kingdom transcends all of that. Wow. People with the, with the right heart can do so much with so little. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you very much. And yeah, I do. I just want to encourage people. I, I know there's a lot of people that are trying to do something different, something better. And, and, uh, and, and some of that, you know, they're, they're including components of, you know, like everybody dressing up and the people are going to show up as witches and whatever. And, and, and it is not about perfectionism. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, if I look back, I would go, there are things that we did that were great. There were things that, that we did that that were maybe outwardly holier, but I don't know if it was better. I don't know if there's been something that I go, man, we just hit a home run, you know, on this night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but but I do I, I want the night to be more about Jesus than anything else. And um, I think it's about understanding what it means to be holy and it's yeah. to be set apart. Yeah, and. Different. We shouldn't be looking like the world. We sometimes we've in the Western in our Western culture we've gotten so into the trap of looking like everything else, and so we and and this is where people could get upset with you know we do the trunk or treats and like you said then you have people coming in and you, you really can't control what people are going to come dressed up as when you do that. And I'm not saying that in and of itself it's bad, but what I didn't and I don't know how much time we have. Um, I didn't get into what. Where does trick or treat come from? What is the background of that? What is the background? What is of, the background of it? I don't know. It's pretty ugly. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, this is why I asked how far you would you want me to go? Yeah. The, so Halloween comes from the, I don't know if I'm going to say it right, but the Celtics or the, and the Druids. Yeah. yeah. So, and it was. Not the Boston Samhain is the, <laughs> right, is the day. Samhain. Yeah. And it's a, um, it was a God of the dead. And they would dress up to ward off evil spirits. They believed that that day was when people would come back who had re- who had died. They would come back and spend time with their families. Or some people felt like the veil between um, the world was very thin. And they would come back. So they'd dress up to ward off evil spirits. Well, the Bible's clear that Satan can't drive out Satan. So dressing up as an evil, something evil isn't going to ward off evil. Yeah. Um, but where it gets worse is for trick or treat, they would go, the Druids who were the priests would go from house to house and ask for like a tribute. And there's a lot of things I'm going to say here that you're going to be like, these words are going to like ring a bell. Like, huh, sounds like, what is the, um, the movie? Not sure. Oh gosh. Now I can't think of it, but it's a, it was a pop, it's a pop culture thing. So it asked for a tribute and it was, this person was going to be sacrificed. Mm. And each family like offered something, not necessarily every time did every family have to offer or there'd be nobody left. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they would sacrifice their, they believed in human sacrifice and their, their altars would be covered with human blood. Mm. Um, they would put them in these big baskets and it would, and burn them on bonfires. Uh, I don't even like the term bonfire anymore after mm-hmm. learning that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> And so when the trick or treat was, they would come to your house and say trick or treat, and it was or something similar. Mm-hmm. Your your treat was the sacrifice you were offering, and if you didn't do that, then they would do something awful to everyone. Mm. Um, Jack o' lanterns come from you. There's a couple different uh, legends on that, and one is that witches would put candles in human skulls, mm-hmm. and also it would. Um, after you had given your sacrifice, your family had offered their sacrifice, you put a carved, um, it wasn't a pumpkin, but it was some kind of squash or whatever, mm-hmm. out on your porch with a candle in it. So it's pretty dark. It's pretty disgusting. And when you begin to participate, yeah, so it's been kind of, <laughs> makes it reminds me of whitewashed tombs. When you begin to participate in this, you kind of are whitewashing it on the outside and it doesn't look so bad. You're dressing up as something fun, you know. So we mm-hmm. say, oh, we'll do be princesses and mermaids and this and that. Sure. But is it – and those aren't even I mean, good either. Pause <laughs> there for a second because it's so interesting that you bring that up. I was sitting here – today I reached out to a pastor I hadn't talked to in a long time in Ghana, West Africa, a village called Keta. And – um was there it was the first place I ever went in Africa. And little did I know that it was one of the darkest like throughout Africa, supposedly, um, witch doctors would come from different nations to this part. It's the Volta region. People in Ghana tell you to stay away from the area that we went. Christians in Ghana, Christian leaders that do healing and deliverance tell you to stay away from there. And recently I felt compelled to bring people back to that region. God did some amazing things. Some of the biggest incredible miracles happen. I'm 
this is a little bit longer story. I'm trying to figure out what, how, how to make it just the pertinent. But anyways, so I'm in this, this area, my first time in, in Africa and uh, I'm, God is showing up doing amazing things. And I got witch doctors there. I didn't know they're witch doctors until the end of the week. And they're telling me they're putting their most powerful witchcraft on you. And everybody in the village is talking about because people almost always die when they do this stuff. Because I might have gotten a plane ticket home if I had known. And, uh, and they were like, they were like, but the more you know about that, and you can research this, the Volta region in Ghana, Trikoshi is one of the practices. In one of the villages, they, they, uh, it's, it's right on the coast. They dig the room, the girl, the daughter's bedroom down to a level where there's water in the room and the bed is set up above the water and they're dedicated to the marine spirit. Mm. When, when, when I minister and I'll speak, you know, hundreds, thousands, whatever of people there, when it's time, when I, when I begin, I'll teach and preach. And then when I begin to release the anointing and begin to pray over people, I can tell which villages they're from and what demons they've been dedicated to by the manifestation on the ground. And those that were dedicated to the marine spirit will begin to, to no, they, they begin to like lay on the ground and they're, they're like trying to swim and, and a mermaid spirit. Mm-hmm. So we're like mermaids, like I'm talking about, yeah, people. They, they came in and had sex with their kids and others. At one time I'm ministering and they worship the serpent. And you can tell because when there's people on the ground that are doing this, that's where they're from. They're from this area. And those, that's how the demons manifest. Mm-hmm. And, and all over that region, it is, they dedicate their children. What you are describing of the Celtic is happening now. Of Africa. So it's nothing new. You know, it's thousands of years old. And yeah. it's just that it's the still enemy has been tricky witchcraft. in getting it. Yeah, it's high witchcraft and it's been around forever. And it's just the enemy has been very good at hiding it in plain, you know, kind of like in plain sight. And and so, yeah, I don't, when I said it, like, I don't anymore pass out candy or do anything like that because I don't want to, um, I, for me personally, I feel like that's coming into agreement with it. Um, I don't necessarily think I'm going to get more, you know, like if I'm so sharing the gospel or something. what most people are going to say is, but we're not doing any of that. N- none of my neighbors, I've never met anybody that's done any of that. It's so, that's, so what I, I, I would, was thinking about some of this today. I was like, isn't that just happening in the backwoods of West Virginia? So what so I would say is that, place. you know, and I didn't get a lot into my testimony. So, but there's people, the person who shared her testimony at the same time with me um she did rem- she grew up in a um, was raised in a satanic cult and t- through to adulthood and she had memories of rituals on halloween there are between it's not just halloween it's days before and days after that for thousands of years have been days that the enemy has used and they are currently Satanic cults are currently, and people may not want to believe this, but it is the truth. They're currently procuring, looking for, planning for who they will sacrifice on Halloween. It is a human sacrifice day for those cults that do human sacrifice. Yes, there's, and then they do sacrifice the black cats and the cats and the animal sacrifice, but there will be, and some of them do traitors. If they could, if they could get to me, they'd love to, because I run around and tell about them now, but they can't. It, it is it is happening in every city 
throughout our nation. Um, and it is, it is happening at governmental levels. It is, it is a part mm-hmm. of, and some of this has been hitting the news, but, but even there, we just barely get a glimpse most of the time that very I've, little has said, but mm-hmm. Epstein Island, what this kind of stuff was happening all the time. There are, there are, there's a temple there. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, you could go on and on. It, it is not just the backwoods of Georgia, West Virginia, or it, it, you know, it is unfortunately we've dealt with people all over this nation, around the world. Um, and we've dealt with people coming out of almost every religious denomination. And I'm not saying that those denominations are satanic at all, but they've infiltrated. Right. Even leadership positions, leadership positions in churches. And, and very often many people recover memories of rituals being done in churches, churches that probably did not have any clue that anything had ever taken place there. Mm-hmm. Some, I think, probably were um, involved, and some leaders are directly knowingly involved. But I think a lot of them, they do it in those places. Yeah, I'm not even sure if the church that my foster family was in was involved or if it was part members of the church or that, you know, I don't know how much of their church. That's very true. Um, I just recently heard a story of a girl who had been in our area who had been trafficked. She was sold when she was seven years old um, by her father and kept chained in a, a closet until she was 12. She was auctioned when she was 12. And the person who bought her from the auction had her chained to his bed. She had a fight. She has, has a fighting spirit. She, mm. While he was gone at work, she found a letter opener in the drawer, took it out. When he came home, she climbed on top of him, put it to his throat, and said, "Unchain me." He did. She ran to the gas, sta- the closest gas station. She was completely naked. They called the police. The police came. She was doing well. She was getting going to church. She was getting on her feet. And a youth pastor and police officer at the church trafficked her again. Now I she is I in a safe that's house. The first time I ever heard. Anything like she's that. in a safe house now, but that safe house looks like a lock, like a being locked in a home, twenty four seven in the dark, mm. with no one. People calling and checking on her. People bringing food, having food, you know, bringing food to her. But she has to stay locked away for her safety. And so I believe God is what you said. People, God is preparing people's hearts to be able to receive this. What's out there would. Not everybody's going to believe it. They're going to think it's crazy. There yeah. are women who are who give birth to babies that are born simply to be sacrificed, never put on the books. What well, people like when when we talk about we we've been wanting houses here. We've we've had people staying here in fifth wheels and stuff like that. And so far, it, it is the Lord has not provided um, for that part of the vision, but he, but He's preparing us because I, it we can't let it go. But what what it's hard for us to even explain to people is that it's not what you see in Hollywood at all. Human trafficking is like that's a term that's more acceptable than what we're normally dealing with. Um, and even that, like when people watched the movie The Sound of Freedom, they were disturbed by that. And I'm going, that is more whitewashed than anything I've seen, and it's and it was difficult. unbelievable. I it watched was difficult. it. Yeah. 
I, 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 you were one of the people I said, I was like, should I watch it? Is it going to be triggering? And people were like, oh, it'll be fine. And I, I mean, I sat the whole time I thought I was going to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> it was way more triggering than I expected it to be. Yeah. But how can it not be? Yeah. Because you're watching things, especially the ages of some of like the little boy and, yeah. um, and you just know, like, no, it didn't show anything, but you knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it was also it, beautiful yeah. and amazing. And yeah. like, yeah. and your story of Spaghetti Eddie <laughs> reminds me yeah. of the, um, the cartel guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And God, it has to start that way because yeah. even what I just shared, what I just shared, well, there, yeah, it, people are not going to, they're going to think that can't be. That's a conspiracy. To have a guest on here was once somehow a trafficker. And, you know, but the people that are trafficked don't see themselves that way. People that were traffickers don't see themselves that yeah, way. Yeah, I just recently came to the realization that I was trafficked. Yeah. I just thought I don't, it was like we, we don't, satanic ritual abuse yeah. that happened. But yeah. I didn't realize, oh, you know, yeah, I fl- they took me to California and this and this and this happened. Yeah. Um, there were people involved potential and i think i said this to you off air i won't even say it now because people will be like well just shut me off and be like you're crazy yeah that we're part of that you would it's just yeah um but then you also brought up something that i'd never heard before because i've said spiritual abuse but i've never heard about being spiritually trafficked but that's what i was talking about earlier mm-hmm. that's what they're doing they're using you for power mm-hmm. yeah. wow we've had a lot of heavy stuff yeah and um it was. It is great to have you back. I'd love for you to just pray over people that we would respond. Um, first of all, to the Word of God, to the Spirit of God, but that that I, I want to. I, I believe that day is the Lord's, and it is. and that that however it's to be redeemed, that the Lord would help us do that. Whatever you lay, the Lord lays on your heart. That was what ran through my mind. But you pray and so. You know, Lord, we've been crying out for your righteousness lately, mm. and that is what we ask for in this, that it would be your righteousness, that we'd be a holy people set apart for you, that we wouldn't need to look like the culture to be relevant. We can be, we want to be that person that people look at and say, I want what they have, and that people will come to us and ask us for what it is that we have, what it is that we carry, that we would be bold enough to walk that out and to be different, that we wouldn't be so afraid of man. We'd have a proper fear of you because we have a proper reverence of you and not have a fear of man. And Lord, I just pray for creative ideas to be downloaded to your people for what to do on October 31st. What should we be doing? I also pray, Lord, that you'd begin to open Christians' eyes to celebrating your holy feast days, because as we do that, I believe we'll begin the, mm-hmm. that will begin to fall away. The desire for that will fall away. Show them what, you know, when, when it's hard for them, why, why is it so hard to let go of Halloween? What's so special about it that you can't let it go there? There's a stronghold there somewhere. And, you know, I know people think, well, I'm stealing something from my child, but you're actually, you're, act, I, I hate to be this harsh, but <clears throat> you're hurting them. Mm-hmm. You're opening them up to demonic spirits that will harm them. And, you're not doing it knowingly, and there's absolute forgiveness for that. So, Lord, I just ask that you would open people's eyes to just reveal to them, show them who's really behind it. Mo- remove the veil and show them who's really behind mm. 
all of that and what they can do to redeem that day. Give us creative ideas. Show, take us to the places we need to go. Have us pray, you know, do deliverance on that day. Yes. Worship that day. Um, go out into the streets and pray for people. Go out into the streets and bless people. Be the salt and the light. And just show us how we can do that without compromise. And Lord, I just pray right now for anybody who's feeling condemnation. That's not of the Lord either. And so it's conviction that you'd give us conviction, but all condemnation would be removed. Um, We all walk in what, you know, we know, we do what we know. And once you know better, you can do better. Yes, Lord, we bless you and praise you and thank you for your goodness, for your mercy your grace, and Lord, we pray, Lord, um, yeah, redemption of the day, of the hour, and I pray protection over all of our children, Lord, our grandchildren, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.